Welcome to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast, where we dive into tactical strategies to grow your business and make an impact on this world. A huge part of success is keeping your mindset and vision on track. So this is a major part of our process and this podcast. Let's do this. Hey, Aaron here. Welcome to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast. This week, we have Andrew Rincon, owner of Craigos in Lakeway, Texas. Andrew, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank y'all for having me. Thank you. So super excited. So, well, before we dive in, because I do want to learn about your background and how you got started and how you kind of came full circle back to Craigos. Before we dive into that, um, for those of you, I don't think anybody doesn't know because Texas was in the headlines, national headlines last week, um, with the crazy amount of snow and multiple winter storms that hit throughout Texas. And, um, you know, we're in Austin, so we can speak to central Texas, Austin area. Um, Many people were out of power for days and we had sub-zero temperatures. Many people were out of water. Roads were impassable. So people couldn't go anywhere to get heat. Um, And so the community really rallied and came together. And Andrew, you were a part of that community. So I would love for you to kind of speak on how last week impacted you guys personally, but then also what you and Craigos were able to do to help out. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to share. So, um, so, you know, we have to say we we really started out this year um, looking good and, and felt like we were getting some momentum um, coming off of, you know, last year with COVID and everything. Uh, but uh, so it was a big bummer to have to close down because of the snow um, and the storms, uh, not only because we, we could use the revenue, but, uh, but you know, we'd been steadily hiring more folks and, uh, and they all wanted to work, you know, and so having it shut down and... Uh, take some hours away from them was not ideal. Um, and, uh, so I guess we were closed total. We closed Saturday night. We're closed all day, Sunday, all day, Monday. Um, but we did reopen on Tuesday. Well, not reopen. We actually, I just went up to the restaurant to check on some things and make sure we had power and no pipes had busted. And, uh, and, uh, you know, a couple, a couple of uh, friends and neighbors met me up there to restock their refrigerators, um, with some of the, good that we had in our walk-in cooler and um and so we made some uh you know we made some food for them that night and uh and uh, ended up making some food for uh the community the following night and uh and also on thursday and then we were able to reopen friday so really we were kind of only closed you know saturday sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday so i guess five days um but got back open friday and it's just been crazy busy ever since so um so you know obviously it negatively impacted us a little bit just by having to close down thankfully we didn't have a whole lot of food go to waste because we were able to donate a lot of that to people in need um, which made us feel good you know about not having to throw it away um but of course anytime you have to close a small business it's it's definitely a bummer Mm-hmm. And you were able to, you were able to feed what over a hundred essential workers at the nearby hospital, right? Yes. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, when I went up there Tuesday night just to check on things and noticed how much, um, how much merchandise we still had sitting in our walk-in that, you know, was just going to go bad. I thought, well, we got to find something to do with this. And so we reached out to the local uh, hospital, Baylor Scott and White here in Lakeway and, asked if they needed anything. And we initially were just thinking, Hey, 
Um, we had heard that they were having some food shortages, you know, they needed just raw ingredients to help feed their patients and their staff. And so we were offering just to give them, you know, what we had, if it, if it helped, but they came back around and said, Hey, you know, we've got our, we've got our patients taken care of, but we'd really like to be able to feed our hospital staff that's having to spend the night here because of the storms. Um, so we did over 120 meals uh, that night, mainly for nurses and, and, uh, hospital workers. And, um, and it was a huge success. Uh, we got people to volunteer, you know, to come pick up the food in their four by four vehicles and drop it off for us. And I was the only technically employee that was there, uh, doing the cooking. Everybody else was a volunteer, which was really, really nice to see and, and refreshing. Wow, I didn't realize that. That's really, that's amazing. And the fact that you could even get to your restaurant <laughs> in and of itself uh, is amazing. Because um, really, as you were saying, like nobody was getting around those roads unless you had four-wheel drive. So I'm so glad. it was Exactly. So, it was so heartwarming to see everybody kind of come together in so many different ways to either pick stranded people up off the road or get food to people that needed it. Um, it was, it was pretty amazing. So thank you, uh, for doing that and for getting those volunteers together to help out in any way that you could really, really appreciated it. Of course. Um, okay. So let's kind of back up and if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about yourself and your, your background and how you got started and how now you're kind of full circle owning, uh, Craigos and Lakeway. Sure. Yeah. So, so I got my start actually in the restaurant business. Um, it would have been fall of 2006. Um, I think I would have been freshman or sophomore at UT that year. And I was just looking for the lowest responsibility job I could find to, to make <laughs> some quick cash. And so um, a couple of my friends actually were working at the original Craigos, which is located down in South Austin. And uh, they said, Hey, come, come get a job. So I went and applied to be a delivery driver and that um, got hired obviously. And uh, I spent probably about a month delivery driving. That's about it. And then the manager at that time, um, the one who hired me, he ended up leaving. And, uh, and so they made me a manager after about a month, which wow. was super, super, uh, yeah, super, super out of left field for me. Um, you know, having no experience in, in the, uh, restaurant business and, uh, kind of, you know, truthfully, I was a real shy person at that time. And so, you know, te you definitely need to be a little bit outgoing to survive in this industry or at least like people. And at that time, I wasn't really sure if that was me. <laughs> I've changed since then. <laughs> I've definitely changed since then, but, um, but yeah, so I got my start, you know, in late 2006, um, while I was going to UT to get my undergraduate degree, ended up graduating from UT in 2009, still while working at Craigos full-time. Um, I moved around a little bit during that time uh, to different Craigos locations. At that time, when I got started, we only had two locations, um, and then we grew to five locations um, pretty quickly. And so I kind of moved around and, and helped uh, all the stores. Um, and I stayed on for a couple of years after I got my undergraduate degree. And then, uh, and then ended up leaving um, to follow uh, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, um, who actually we met working at the original Craigos. And, uh, and yeah, so we moved to West Texas for a little while uh, for her to get her master's degree. Um, I ended up going back to school as well to, to get an MBA. Um, and so we moved around West Texas um, 
for a few years and then eventually we moved back. And when we moved back, we moved to Lakeway because that's where her parents lived. Um, and at that time, uh, I was kind of thinking I was done with the restaurant business. And so I got into the insurance business, uh, first owning my own insurance, uh, agency. And then, um, and then I actually ended up going to work for a big bank. I went to work for Frost Bank and their insurance department and loved all of that. I mean, I love the entire experience in the insurance world. Um, but uh, there was always this like, hey, you know, the restaurant business is calling. And, uh, and uh, you know, it was always in the back of my mind. And so eventually, uh, like late middle of 2017, um, Craig, who owned the location in Lakeway, the Craigers in Lakeway, um, said he was serious about selling it. And I said, all right, well, give me a serious number. And uh, we were able to come to an agreement. And uh, we ended up taking over the restaurant January 1st of 2018. So we're going on three years and a, almost a couple months now. And, um, and it's been truly, truly an amazing three years. Um, and uh, yeah, we, would, we wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah. So it's so, you know, when you said like when you bought it and then it's been three years and it's been such a roller coaster ride of three years, I'm assuming. Like how, how did, oh, COVID, yeah. how did COVID-19 fall into that? Like how did that impact your, 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 I mean, you're like, you bought it in 2018, you're gaining momentum, you're growing, you're getting your feet, like, let's, you know, mm-hmm. let's do this thing. And then bam, pandemic. So how did that impact you guys? Sure. sure. So, so yeah, um, going into, last year 2020 um you know we were coming off of two really good years 2018 the first year we owned it uh we had substantial growth i mean pretty pretty fast growth um and uh i mean we're talking like 30 mid 30 percent growth over the year prior so we we jumped really quickly um and then 2019 we were seeing similar numbers not quite that good but it was mid-20s um and then uh and then going into 2020, we started off with a bang. I mean, we were really seeing still significant sustained growth. Um, and then, yeah, and then COVID hit, you know. And I remember thinking, you know, late January, February, I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be anything important, you know. We'll watch it closely, but it's not going to affect us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of our friends and a lot of folks in our network we're saying like, hey, you guys are going to do well because you already do a significant amount of takeout and delivery, which is true. You know, going into COVID, we were about 65% takeout and delivery and 35% dine-in. So, um, so we were hopeful with, with all that, that we would be okay. Or we were actually hopeful that nothing would really come of it. But of course, in March, the shutdown started and um, yeah, and it, it, it was, it was like a knife in the heart. I mean, it took, took the wind out of our sails. Um, we saw some of the slowest days and weeks that we had had in a long time. Um, and we truthfully, I mean, it kind of just stopped us and it stopped me in my tracks. I didn't really know what to do. Um, and, uh, and then we just started hitting the ground running. I mean, we started, you know, thinking a lot out of the box, um, started to reach out to people in our network to see not only how could we help them, but if there's anything that they could do to help us. And, you know, we really developed a lot of really strong, um, mutually beneficial relationships during those first few months of COVID relationships that we're still, you know, seeing the fruit from today, which is awesome. Um, and all in all, um, you know, after those first few slow weeks, 
um, we've started to take off. Um, so, so we really started to double down on advertising, especially because um, we were seeing some folks pull back. And so there were some opportunities to get advertisement, get advertising and marketing um, cheaper than what we had seen in the past. So we started putting some more money towards that and just really highlighting um, our takeout on delivery services. I mean, that's all we were pushing, mm-hmm. especially when we couldn't let people in the dining room, you know, so that's, that's what we had to push. And, um, and then we started to see some growth again, you know, and, and uh, we've been lucky. We're one of the, one of the, you know, few businesses that, especially in our industry that has been able to grow um, throughout COVID. Um, and we think a lot of that does obviously have to do with luck. It has to do with the way that our business was kind of set up prior to COVID starting. But also we think a lot of it has to do with the community support that we've gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, all in all, I mean, 2020 was a, was an up year for us over the prior year. Um, we hit some big milestones in 2020 it's just the business looks nothing like it did in 2019. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said earlier, we were doing about 65% takeout and delivery. Um, now we're 95% takeout and delivery, oh, wow. which, which we'll take, you know, I mean, we're happy to have the revenue any way we can get it. But at the same time, it's, you know, it, it it's never fun to have all that square footage inside the restaurant that you're paying rent on that you're not using, you know, mm-hmm. but we've learned a lot. I mean, we've learned, um, We've learned uh, to focus because of COVID. Um, we've learned to, uh, like I said, to to develop strong relationships in the community and, and to try to make those relationships mutually beneficial. Um, but also, we learned, you know, if we ever grow more stores, um, which which is our plan, I think we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, if we ever do grow more stores, we'll we'll do small smaller footprint because, mm. um, you know, we've been able to do the same sales, if not more, without customers ever stepping foot in the restaurant, which is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Every time I talk to a business owner on this podcast, and we, you know, we talk about their experience with COVID, it's it's really interesting to hear how businesses have shifted and how it's like, well, it's forever changed our business and we will never go back to operating mm-hmm. exactly how we did. <laughs> um, and there's, you know, they've discovered parts of their business that are now for the better, you know, like we wouldn't have discovered this had yeah. this not happened and we're going to keep going, you know, with this, with this process. So it's interesting on how for you guys in particular, the delivery takeout portion has far outgrown, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in, in person and um, yeah. And how maybe you have a lighter footprint moving moving forward. I mean, who's to say, I feel like 2021 is a transitional year <laughs> at best, <laughs> um, you know, sure. and then we'll see what's going to happen. But uh, how was it like, take, cause there are some people who are listening to this who might be thinking, okay, I want to get, I want to, you know, uh, own a franchise. So how, how was that process of like taking over a business and inheriting some process and processes and um, making some of your own changes? Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Absolutely. So, um, you know, it's a little bit different for me because, uh, the traditional, you know, way of purchasing a franchise is, you know, somebody sees a business, you know, business in a box or whatever, and they're interested in, in becoming an owner and they may or may not have any experience in that industry to start out where, of course I, I had a ton of experience going into it. Um, so I knew the business really well. Um, I had, you know, operated, you know, 
uh, a business, you know, well, pretty much this exact business for years and years um, successfully prior to us taking over. Um, so, so we had that going into it, right. Which made the decision a little bit easier for me. And I think made it a little bit easier for my wife to stomach. Um, so, uh, but when it comes, when it came to the franchise side of it, um, you know, yeah, like you said, we, we are a franchise. I mean, we've got four locations around town. Uh, we only own one of them. The other three are all independently owned as well. One of those being owned by the original founder, Craig, um, down in South Austin. And, um, and so, yeah, so the way that our franchise agreement kind of works is, um, you know, obviously we've got recipes, we've got brand guidelines. Um, you know, we've got logos and things like that, that all came with the franchise when we took over. Um, most of that stuff had been tried and true. And so we didn't really have to change any of it. Um, really, I tell a lot of people that when we took over, you know, we kept getting these comments the first year, you know, when we were seeing that astronomical growth and, uh, and people kept saying, man, the food is just so much better. You guys must've changed the recipe. And, you know, I, all year long, I just kept telling people, we didn't change the recipe. We just follow the recipe now. You know, that was the big difference is, you know, supervision, accountability, um, and leadership that got us back to what we knew always worked. Mm -hmm. And so, so, you know, we did change some uh, processes. Um, we did, um, we did focus a lot more on checklists. I mean, it, I, I don't know any restaurants or any businesses that operate successfully without some sort of checklist. Um, so we got back to that. Um, and then we actually streamlined some things. So we got rid of um, probably I would say 10% of, of the items on the menu um, just to just to take some of that work off um, of the kitchen staff and, and make sure that they were able to produce high quality of food instead of trying to just run around like crazy um, with such a big menu. So we did that. And, um, you know, really besides that, uh, you know, even though we're a franchise, we're still, you know, a growing brand and a growing um, business. And so a lot of things that traditionally you would get when you uh, purchase a franchise weren't really in place yet. And so we had to establish a lot of those things like training manuals, um, you know, even like uh, policies and procedures, um, hiring manuals, uh, all those things weren't in place when we took over. And so my management team and I have been developing those over the past three years and, and we're still developing them to this, to this day because, you know, obviously they, what worked three years ago is very different than what's working now. So we've had to adjust and, and uh, change things as we've gone. But, um, but uh, so, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of how we got into where we are. Um, and then when it comes to, you know, the other big thing that has impacted our business is, um, is our marketing. Our marketing strategy is very different than the other um, three Craigos locations that are in operation, um, mainly because we actually have a marketing plan. And, uh, and hopefully that doesn't get me in trouble too much with Craig, <laughs> but, but he knows it's the truth. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, you know, we've, we've known that, you know, there, you've got to spend money to make money. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's, um, you know, in the first couple of years, we tried so many different uh, marketing strategies and so, you know, and worked with so many different vendors and probably threw some money down the drain. But what it did for us was really allow us to kind of, you know, run some case studies and get some data to see, what's the best bang for our buck? You know, where can we get that return on investment? 
And now we've narrowed it down to, you know, we really only do like two or three things now. Um, and that's where the majority of our, of our ad budget goes to. And, um, you know, and, and we've still been able to sustain that double digit growth month over month. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. So like, what has your marketing plan changed from day one to now? And if so, how, and then what are, what are the, those elements that are really kind of helping you get more people mm-hmm. in the door and expand your platform? Sure. So, you know, every industry is different. Every, every business is different. Um, and then the beginning, when I first got, you know, when I first um, uh, took over the restaurant as an owner, um, everybody seemed at that time. And I think it even continues today to be focused on hyper-targeted marketing, you know, super local, um, you know, small reach marketing strategies. And, um, and it made sense to me, you know, I mean, every sales, sales pitch I sat across from, I mean, they had me hook, line and seeker. And so we did a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by hyper-targeted, it was, you know, you know, pretty, pretty big investment, but for a small audience. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and that could have been based around a specific zip code or, you know, a um, income bracket or something like that. But we were seeing, you know, we were getting very few eyeballs on our message Um, and it didn't work. It didn't work. And, um, you know, I mean, we did get some return, but what we've come to realize now is that we, you know, for the type of business that we're in, you know, where I think that, um, you know, everybody loves pizza and, you know, it's, it's better to just get the message to as many people as possible. And, um, and so that's what we've done. We've transitioned our marketing dollars to campaigns that get us in front of as many people as we can still within a, you know, a geographical area or, you know, a certain income level. Um, but we want more, more eyes on, on the marketing message. Mm-hmm. So, so we learned that, um, I also learned, I also learned that, uh, you know, trying to get in the back end of Facebook and create Facebook ads um, is not what a business owner should be doing, <laughs> unless that's your business, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's so complicated. And, you know, I, I, I think Facebook does that intentionally, probably, I don't know, but, um, but it just is, it, it's, it's one of those things where you leave it to the pros, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's just so easy to go on there, click a couple buttons and attach your credit card or a PayPal account to an advertising account on Facebook, and then just watch your dollars go down the train. Right. And, um, and Facebook makes that really easy for business owners to do. You know, every time you log into your Facebook business page, it's like boost this post or right. here's a template of an ad. I'll just click this button and it'll go out to all these people, you know, here's your potential reach. Um, but yeah, it just didn't work for us. It didn't work for us in the beginning. Um, we do uh, some Facebook ads now. Um, but we've come a long way to learn what, what works uh, when it comes to those ads. Um, so there's that. And uh, I'm trying to think what else we focused a lot on in the beginning. Um, oh, um, you know, when I grew up in the business, um, we were all, we, there was this, you know, I, I think it used to be a buzzword back in the day or a buzz phrase, but it was, it was four walls marketing. And that's what I was trained on when I started working in the restaurant industry. And it was, you know, it was pretty much a way for business owners to, um, I think, uh, what's the right word to, um, to give evidence that they don't need a, you know, or, or, or to, to give an example of, um, why they don't need to spend money to advertise. Mm. And what I mean by that is, you know, I was trained like, Hey, we don't have a marketing budget. So, 
when it comes to marketing or advertising, you got to focus on what's in your, what's within your four walls, you know? And so that was good product, you know, clean restaurant, good service, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, and we did that for a long time. And I think, you know, that only goes so far, but if all you're doing is, as uh, spreading the same message to the same people that keep coming in and out of your restaurant, you know, over the months and the years, then you're not bringing in anybody new, you know, and eventually those people move away or mm -hmm. they die or who knows, you know, yeah. um, or they have a bad experience and they never come back. And so, um, so we learned, Hey, the, the real goal here is to make sure we take care of those folks that are in the, that are coming into the shop, but bring more people in that way we can take care of them as well and continue to grow. So, um, so yeah, we, you know, when we took over, we had no marketing budget. Um, and uh, now, you know, we're nowhere near what industry norms are for a restaurant of our volume in terms of what our ad spend is. Um, but um, we're still getting results because now we know where we're getting the most bang for our buck. So, mm -hmm. so that's, that's also a little bit of a change from when we got started. Well, it's great to hear that you guys are experimenting. So I think that's all, that's what it's all about. You know, it's like, you just, you do, I mean, as you were saying, it's like, oh, we're watching, watching our dollars go down the drain, but then in the same sense, you're learning, you know, you know, you're just like, okay, that's, uh, exactly. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, do you, how important is email to your business? So I, I understand, you know, you're using ads oh, to yeah. get people mm -hmm. in, but then how do you, how do you leverage email like for retaining, you know, uh, your audience as well? Sure. So, um, so, you know, within the, that first year or so, um, we were, you know, we were kind of learning um, what to spend money on, what worked, what didn't work. Um, and, but we, we also didn't really have a budget. I mean, we were a, a, a business that was kind of barely staying afloat. And so we didn't really have a whole lot of money to put towards marketing. Um, but what we knew is that a strong list, customer list was going to be hugely important to our continued success. And so what we did back in 2018, when we first took over is at that time, we were doing about 15% uh, of our business was done online in, in terms of like an online ordering platform. And we had a pretty robust online ordering platform back then. And the one that we have now is way better, but even the one back then did just fine. And, um, and so what we did back then is we really hit it hard to market uh, or to drive customers to order online. Um, we did that in a couple ways. We did um, like little throwaway flyers that we put in every bag or on top of every pizza box um, for every order that went out, reminding folks like, hey, it's easy to order online. It's convenient. Um, and then we also changed our voicemail message on the phone system that when customers do call, the first thing it says is, thank you for calling Crego's. Don't forget, you can quickly and easily order online, trying to get them to go to the website instead of staying there on the phone. Um, and the reason why we wanted to do that is because every time somebody orders online with our business and with any restaurant, um, you know, this is why there's so, you know, you've seen the valuations of things like DoorDash and Grubhub and Uber Eats blow up is because they capture all the customer information. And so same thing with us. When a customer orders online with our platform, we get everything. We get all their information. We know their name. We know their address. Um, we know their email address. We know their phone number. And in most cases, we, we know what they're ordering, you know, and so that's just a, a wealth of information that's so invaluable to any small business um, or any big business as well. So we started pushing that really heavily in 2018. By the end of 2018, we were doing about 50% of our, 
of our takeout and delivery business was online ordering. So it, it jumped pretty quick yeah. and it continues to rise. I mean, I think we're close to like the 70% of orders are now placed online um, when it comes to takeout or, or delivery. And every one of those orders, we capture somebody's info. So with that being said, we've been able to transition all that information into hyper-targeted. Um, you know, this is back to what I was saying we we're trying to avoid earlier, but once you have that customer's info and you know they know your product, then the hyper-targeted messaging really becomes useful. Mm-hmm. Um, so we take everybody's emails um, and we're able to segment them into, you know, do they like pizza or do they like pasta? Are they a takeout customer or are they a delivery customer? Do they order during the day or are they ordering at night? And then we could really focus on specific messaging to those customers just to, you know, that way we're not spamming them, but we're also, we're putting a message that has some value in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that way they continue to read and stay engaged. So, yeah, so we, you know, we don't have a huge list, uh, but I think it's a pretty big list for, um, for a small business. And we've obviously filtered names and emails addresses out over the years, but, you know, we're up to like 6,000 email addresses um, that we hit multiple times a week. Um, so we'll send out multiple messages to those emails, uh, depending on the specials we have going on or, you know, um, the, the time, time of the week or day of the week. So, uh, and we get a huge, you know, we get a huge return on that. I mean, it can make the, it could make a difference, um, you know, as much as 10 or 15% jump over the prior week, you know, when we send out a message, you know, like on a Wednesday versus not sending it out the week prior. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, email, oh my gosh, I can't say enough. Anytime I talk to any new small business, especially in our community, I ask them, what does your list look like? Mm. And they're like, what are you talking about? You know, and I'm like, well, how do you capture people's information? You know, and I know it's, it's easier in our business because of the online ordering to capture it. But, um, but yeah, I'm always telling folks like, you've got to figure a way out. Like you've got to offer something in exchange for an email address or mm-hmm. get a phone number and text, you know, send them text messages. But, but yes, the value it's, it's all in the list. And, you know, in, in, I tell people this all the time too. We don't, you know, we don't do business with Uber Eats or Grubhub or any of them um, uh, for our own reasons, but, you know, but, but they always position themselves as a great partner, you know, and I think that there is some value in what they do for restaurants that aren't as good at takeout and delivery as our concept is, but, um, but, you know, they, they market themselves as a restaurant partner, but if you turn, turn around to DoorDash and you ask them for your customer list, they won't give it to you. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. you can, they will never give it to you because they understand that that's how they hold you captive, right? right? They've got the customer list. And if they give it to you, then, then they, they don't have anything. They have no value to offer, you know, for that, for that fee that they charge. So. Right. Yeah. I've heard um, from more than one restaurant owner that it's not, not really a true partnership <laughs> between those oh, no. services. <laughs> Not at all. No, we have we have nightmare store. We we've never partnered with those companies, and I don't mean to badmouth them or anything right. like that. Like I said, they have value, sure, um, in some scenarios. But um, but you know they what they've done to us, and I fear they've done with a lot of small businesses, which is a little bit shady. Is they kind of just they copy your online menu, and they've done this to us, and they create like a profile on their website that make it look like they're partners with us Mm. and yeah and it's super shady and then customers call you know call up wanting to order through them and it just yeah all it does is is you know it's the it creates confusion Mm. um it leaves customers unhappy because 
because there's nothing we can do, you know, if something goes wrong, right. because they're not our customer, they're, Grub, <laughs> they're Grubhub's customer, you know, right. or agreed, so. You have nothing to do with it. Anyways. Well, I have to say everything yeah. that you were saying about email list and marketing, I was like smiling ear to ear and I was like, yes, Andrew, thank you. Because there's so <laughs> many, as you say, there's so many small business owners that completely overlook leveraging an email list and they completely overlook capturing all that valuable information and like as you said not to spam but to give that audience a better experience that's curated you know toward what they're needing Mm -hmm. um and so many spend so much time on social media or you know don't know really know how to leverage that and those aren't your you don't own those followers you know you don't own that platform right and so an algorithm changes or, you know, shuts down completely um, and you're done. So um, an email sure. is just so valuable. So everything that you were saying, I was like, yeah, preach it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's taken a long time to learn that. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, a lot of, a lot of trial and error, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, once you get it, once you realize it, and that's why it's the first thing I push when, when I'm meeting any new business owners, because I'd rather them le- they learn it earlier than later because you know it really took us it really has been the past eight months or so um to where we've really gotten heavy into the email marketing mm-hmm. and um and we've seen huge huge impact because of it mm-hmm. yeah i kind of liken it to like if you're talking to someone in your audience on social media it's like a big party but when you're talking to someone through an email it's like you're grabbing a cup of coffee with them it's a, so much of more of a connection mm-hmm. you know it's more of an um intimate relationship that you're nurturing there so it's so so huge um so you have right. shared so many great processes and learnings and everything but i'm wondering is there anything else you want to share like for someone just starting out or going out on their own that maybe you've learned you're like okay that's a lesson there or um just something that you guys have implemented you've already shared a 10 so if you're like i shared everything (laughs) that's cool but i just wanted to to throw it out there um you know i mean i think that covers most everything Mm -hmm. um you know, I, I would say, I would say one of the things. I guess this ties into everything. But um, you know, don't be afraid to spend money on your business. Don't be afraid to reinvest. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we also did very early on is we we hired you know experts you know in accounting. We hired you know um, you know all the right people that we needed to you know as to be partners with us just to help us. That way, we you know well. I say we, but really at the time it was just me. So I could focus on the business itself and, mm. and not have to worry about the rest. And, um, and it's been, it's been great. I mean, it's been great having, you know, those kind of advisors to, um, you know, to ask a question, I mean, at all hours of the day, um, just, you know, shooting them a text or an email and get a response. So yeah, don't be afraid to, to pay people <laughs> when, when you need to, mm-hmm. um, that way you could focus on your business, you know, day to day. No, that's huge too. I think that's a big problem with uh, small business owners as well. They're hard, it's it's hard to ask for help, you know. And so, um, but it's you can't yeah. really scale a business if you're not going to do that. So, um, that's pretty huge right. to understand. So, 
I always ask this question of everybody because I'm always curious because being an entrepreneur, running a business, having a family, you guys have a newborn, I understand. Congratulations on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the trenches. <laughs> two weeks old. Yeah. Oh uh, she just turned two weeks on Tuesday. So oh yeah, it's goodness. been the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I bet. And then you throw a snowstorm into it too. Let's just, let's do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, you have a lot going on. So how do you keep energized? How do you, you've heard the term fill your cup, like what kind of routines do you, it doesn't have to be daily, but um, just kind of consistently mm-hmm. kind of help your business and personal success kind of keep you going. <laughs> so this is a good one, I think. Um, but you know, there's that uh, silence, silent mode on your phone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I use that nonstop. Um, <laughs> it's just so, it's just so, uh, it's so easy to always be waiting for that phone call or that email or that, you know, text message from somebody, you know, from one of the staff members or managers or even a customer like, Hey, you know, something's going wrong or some, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so really it's what I'm learning, especially now having a newborn at home and my wife, you know, at home on, on maternity leave is that when you have time outside of your business, that time needs to be sacred. And the easiest way for me to do it and to de-stress a little is just to turn my phone on silent, Mm -hmm. take my Apple watch off. That way I don't feel it vibrate and just recharge, Mm -hmm. you know? So I've definitely been doing a lot of that lately. Um, Also, um, you know, I mean, for me, what I, what I, and this is kind of not really getting away from work, but I love to cook. And so um, whatever those two or three hobbies that you have are, make time for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can work, you know, a double shift at the restaurant, you know, in the back, sweating my butt off making pizzas and come home and, and still get, you know, energized by being in the kitchen and making a meal for my family. So um, I do a lot of that. Um, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of, I mean, we don't really have much time for much, you know, and not only that, but with COVID, you know, there's not a whole lot that you can do anymore, Mm -hmm. but, you know, every now and then it's nice to grab a, grab a cold beer um, Mm -hmm. with, with some fellow business owners from the neighborhood and, and to, to vent a little bit to them because they're going through the same thing. And Mm -hmm. so I do that quite frequently. I've got, I've got a bunch of business owner buddies um, in the Lakeway area. And so we're all going through the same thing and it's good to, it's good to hear it from them as well. So that helps as well. Yeah, that's huge to have that support system, you know, and they can bounce things off of them and um, really grow your business that way really, really quickly, just like mm-hmm. to have those sounding boards as well. So that's so important. I'm glad to hear that you have that. So as we, as you look forward, what are your, what are your goals? Like what's the vision for Craig as moving forward? So, um, so, you know, as a brand, as a concept, we are looking to grow this year. Um, and so, uh, you know, the, our founder, Craig, he definitely wants to get a couple more locations opened and um, we're looking to play a role in getting that done. Um, so there's that um, kind of more closer to home. So here, here at our restaurant, right now we currently, you know, we operate the brick and mortar restaurant and then we support um, a food trailer as well that's located um, out at a distillery in Spicewood, Texas. So about 30 minutes from the restaurant. So we operate that trailer. And then uh, in December of last year, this past year, um, we actually purchased 
another food truck, like a big, you know, drivable food truck. And so we're going to get that up and running hopefully in the next few weeks. Um, so really, you know, our big picture for the next year or two is um, we've got so much space at the restaurant that we're not utilizing. So we kind of want to turn ourselves into commissary style kitchen, you know? Mm. Um, so, you know, we could see ourselves having a couple food trailers, a couple food trucks that are mobile. And, um, you know, on the weekends, those trucks and trailers pull up, we load them with a bunch of ingredients, you know, for the weekend. And then they just go out, you know, wherever they're headed to a brewery, distillery, apartment complex, business, you know, wherever. And, um, and that's kind of part of our bigger growth, growth strategy for this year. Um, and, you know, and, and just trying to find the right people to join our team. So we've, been really lucky. Uh, when I started out, we were, the day we took over the restaurant, we had 16 employees, one, six, 16. Mm. Um, and then today we are at 35. Wow. Um, yeah. So we've, we've grown, I mean, we've more than doubled, you know, our, our staff. Um, we've got an awesome, uh, managing partner slash general manager. Um, she's been our general manager since almost day one, since I bought the restaurant. And uh, her name is Jackie, and she grew up actually working at the original Craigos with me and my wife back in the day. And uh, so, yeah, she's been with us for over three years. And this past year or this year, we've decided to bring her on as a partner. And so she's getting a little bit of equity. And um, we're looking to find more people like that that want to be with the team long term and that can kind of see the, the uh, you know, trajectory that we're growing in and um, hopefully get on board and grow with us. Mm -hmm. I love the vision that you have of a kind of bringing it to the people too, you know, um, yeah. through all the mm -hmm. food trucks and everything. It's such a great idea. And it sounds like your team is kind of like a family. Like you said, you want them around long-term. You don't want a revolving door of people. Absolutely. Yeah. Most of our um, back of the house staff um, have been with us since almost day one. Mm -hmm. um, if not, they have worked with us um, you know, in some capacity and maybe we're gone for a little while, but they've come back. Um, so it's very unusual for us to hire somebody in the back of the house that is completely unfamiliar with our concept. Um, so yeah, we've, it's just been such a huge advantage to have folks that know the menu, you know, know our, our standards and our, um, you know, eye for quality and just to keep them on board. Um, and that's been tough to do, especially being way out in Lakeway, because a lot of our guys drive in from East Austin, mm. Southwest Austin, Southeast Austin. Um, some of them are driving over an hour to get to our restaurant oh. each day. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I mean, I think they're, you know, we, we try to compensate them well and give them a good fun work environment. And I think having that family atmosphere goes a long way. Mm. You know, I think, I think, um, you know, lack of pay isn't necessarily like the biggest demotivator. You know, I, I think that sometimes there's other things that mean more to folks than just making more per hour. Right. Yeah, I know that's for sure. But they feel invested and like they're, they're a part of it, you know, they're a part of growing it mm -hmm. as well. Um, where can people find you online? Um, so we've got, um, we've got a Facebook page. So, um, there's four, you know, one for each of our locations in Austin. Mm -hmm. um, ours is, you know, Craigo's Lakeway. They can just search Craigo's Lakeway. We've also got an Instagram, uh, which is Craigo's Italian, at Craigo's Italian. Um, they can find me on, on Instagram. Um, I don't really know what my handle is, actually. I think it's Andrew Joseph Rincon. Um, 
so yeah, they can find us on there or, you know, people can shoot us an email info at craigoslakeway.com. Okay, cool. And then your website's what? Just craigos.com? So our, we actually, our main website is craigositalian.com. Okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And then from there, I was on it just a little bit ago. And then from there, you can select the different locations they can find Lakeway. Yeah. And I forgot in my notes, in my notes, I was going to mention that that's one of the recent additions that we've changed as a website and it's been a tremendous tool. Um, so we'll have to catch up on that another time, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you want to touch on it quickly, you can, that's cool. Yeah. So this past year, you know, we've, um, we've kind of integrated all of our locations website into one, um, which I think Google really likes, you know, to drive as much traffic to one page instead of driving traffic to four different pages. And so I think that's helped us in terms of visibility, but um, we started working with this company called pop menu, which I believe is an Austin based company. Um, and they do website building, um, specifically, you know, mainly restaurants is, is their target market. Um, but what's really cool about pop menu is, um, is they've got the email marketing and text message marketing and social media marketing platform all on the back end. Mm. So it's so easy just to go in there, um, you know, upload your email list or text message list, and then just blast out a, a message. It can be filtered by location, you know, since we have four locations, we can send specific messages per location, or we can break those lists down into, you know, tags and send specific messages to each of those tags. So yeah, it's been, you know, it's pricey. I mean, it wasn't cheap to get a new, to, it, it's never cheap to get a new website unless you build it yourself. But, yeah. um, but uh, it's been, it's been a pretty awesome tool to utilize and, and to really start to, you know, plan a marketing, you know, to have a marketing plan for a week or a month or, you know, a quarter, because it allows you to schedule it, et cetera. And so we've made a lot of use of, of that over the past year. It's really only been about a year since we switched and it was kind of perfect timing right when COVID hit. And we really started getting heavy into email marketing with all of our locations. So um, we definitely, we definitely like it. Um, of course, you know, no platform is perfect. And so we, have some, you know, little gripes here and there about it, but for the most part, it does the, it does what we expect it to do, and this definitely helped us increase our revenue. That's awesome. Thanks for uh, mentioning that, because I love to mention different apps or tools or, you know, websites or services that have helped, you know, because it could mm -hmm. be of help to another entrepreneur that's listening. So I'll, I'll include a link to them. And I think you're right. I did a quick sure. Google search in there. They look like they are Austin-based. So yay for supporting Austin yeah. businesses. Mm -hmm. um, so... I mentioned earlier that my husband's a musician. We love music over here. So we ask everybody at the end of every podcast, what um, if you could only listen to one music artist for the rest of your life, who would they be? Ooh. Mm -hmm. ah, that's a tough one. Yeah. Um, well, I'll say this because I don't think they're playing together anymore. Um, but uh, there's a band out of Oklahoma called Turnpike Troubadours. Mm. And I wasn't really much of a country fan until I met my wife. Um, but they're great folksy music, um, Turnpike Troubadours. Yeah. Okay. And they usually play often every year, but they haven't, they haven't played the past few years because of, well, the band broke up because of some reasons. And then obviously COVID and stuff yeah. shut some of those shows down. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, cool. And I always like to, hopefully they still have a website up, but I like to include a link 
people can check them out. Mm-hmm. We're going to be, I think I'll do it for the uh, one year anniversary of our podcast. We're going to create a, a po- um, playlist uh, with everybody, uh, everybody's choices that they've said over the past year. Um, so kind of cool. featuring that. So, uh, which is a fun question that we like to ask. So I appreciate your time. We had so much fun. Thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. I'm glad uh, I'm glad you reached out. I'm glad we were able to make it happen, especially so quick. Yeah, I know. It's great. Um, well, cool. Thanks for tuning in to the Small Business Big Mindset Podcast. To keep the fun going, check out our Facebook group, Start and Scale an Online Business, for even more free trainings and resources from fellow entrepreneurs. If you haven't already, head on over to musclecreative.com and click subscribe to join our email list for our weekly updates. And if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, check us out on your favorite podcast platform to follow us and give us a review. As always, be authentic, bring an insane amount of value, and keep 